Shedding Shackles is sponsored by Roland Trujillo. Welcome to Shedding Shackles. Today's topic is Principles of Stress. And now, here's your Shedding Shackles host, Roland Trujillo. Today, I want to talk about stress. Shedding Shackles is the longest-running major market Christian stress management radio program in the country. I've been around, I'm now in my 33rd year, and I talk about stress. I understand stress, every aspect of it, and I want you to begin to understand stress also. I want you to see that there are natural stresses and there are unnatural stresses. And human beings, we're subject to, of course, the wind and the rain and so on. And those are natural. And then when we're children, you know, we have to uh, climb and run and tumble and learn things. Those are all little stimulations, natural ones, and they're good for us. But human beings, being part spiritual and part matter, we also have a soul, and we are also subject to unnatural stresses. Now, in the Garden of Eden, everything was peaceful and good, and all Adam had to do was discover in God's great green earth, discover all the wonders of nature and the glory of God, and it would have been just beautiful. But instead, there was an unnatural stress, an unnatural stress lurking. And it approached Eve, and it whispered something. And before you know it, the first couple responded to the stress. They believed the lie, and they doubted the truth. And they ate of the forbidden fruit. That was the first trauma. Oh, no, actually, the first trauma was believing the lie. But it translated into physical symptoms when they ate the forbidden fruit. Now, I want you to see that all around you are unnatural stresses. See, the same agency, the same paradigm, the same matrix, the same purveyor of lies, and deceit, and who brings about death for human beings. That same one is still around, operating through human agencies. And he worms his way into people, and then operates through them. And this deceitful source is an unnatural stress. So, when you were a child, you saw, for example, people who were mean and impatient. Now, if somebody's impatient, there's something wrong with that person because humans were made to be patient. Patience is a facet of love, and we were made to love. Why would we hate? See, that's an unnatural thing, hate is. So, people who are impatient 
they they don't have love. And impatience, there's something wrong with it. But when you were a child, you were subject to impatient people. And before you know it, you reacted to their impatience. And the more you reacted to their impatience, the more you became sensitive to their impatience. And before you know it, it began to have a bad effect upon you. Do you understand? Now, another unnatural stress is tease and challenge and torment and cruelty. See, those things seek to break down your self-confidence, to undermine your faith, to put doubt in you and to make you into a victim. That's what their purpose is, because then they can feed upon you. They can use you, see, as a source of of energy and substance for themselves, and then they can also implant their agenda in you, and then you will go forth and inflict that agenda on other people. And thus it is passed on from generation to generation. So, this other agency, this other paradigm, this other way of life, that's what it is. It's a way of life. So let's talk about that. Now, do you understand what stress is for humans? It's not the wind and the rain. It's the unnatural It's the presence of something unholy, of something, of something that's not good. It's that presence. And humans being sensitive creatures and of a spiritual nature, we respond to that. And it makes you feel uneasy. It makes you feel uneasy, especially when you see this impatience, this cruelty, this tease, this pressure, when you see it appearing in, say, a parent, for example. And then when the one who should protect you from the impatience and from the tease, like your father, for example, he should be there strong and noble and protect you from it. But instead, he is weak, and he himself is subject to that tease and to that pressure. And so he doesn't protect you, so there you also feel uneasy. So now do you see what stress is? But I also want you to see that that stress, see, it wants to enter in. See, in, in every, let me give you a little example. Let us say that there's a person who's a nice person, pretty nice, and he knows what's right and wrong, and he does things properly, doesn't want to hurt other people, and so on. But then one day he is tempted to steal. There's a dollar laying there. He knows it belongs to somebody else. But something in his mind, a voice, a, a will-of-the-wisp presence, a faceless uh, something, whispers, to his mind or impresses in some way upon his mind, hey, take that dollar. Go ahead. Nobody will know. You could use the money. Everybody's doing it. Nobody cares. Something like that. 
that he goes ahead and he takes the dollar. Before he took the dollar, he knew only he was on the good side. See, there's an invisible line between good and evil, between right and wrong. Let's put it that way. There's an invisible line between right and wrong. As long as you remain on the good side, then you are subject to the good. But when you step over that line, to reach for something over that line, once you step over that line, then you become subject to that side. You see what I mean? It's like going into another country, crossing the border, and then you're in another country, and now you're subject to to the authorities in that other country. So when you step over that line, now you become subject to, to that world. You become subject not only to that which you which you stole, but you become subject to, to that which tempted you to steal, do you see? And more than that, one moment this young man, let's say, was himself and he knew the good life or what would lead to the good life, and he wasn't a thief. And then when he stole, he became a thief. And now he's a thief. So now he's a thief. And the only life that he will know, see, something of that life, the life of a thief. See, on, on one side of the line, you have a certain life. But then when you cross over that line, then you have a different life. Something is put inside of you. You lose something. You know that. Many of you have done something wrong. You had some kind of illicit activity or you took drugs or something. You know the morning after. Something has been lost. You sense it deep, deep in your being. Something has been lost. And something has been gained. But what you have gained is that life. The life of a, in the case of my example, the life of a thief. So now you're a thief. You have the life of a thief. And the only way you can grow now is to become more thief, a bigger thief. And that implanted identity, that implanted essence that implanted pattern or paradigm. It's like a seed, a little seed, a little tiny pattern that will then, that becomes a life, a life in the mind, a life in the emotions, a life in actions. This embryonic life implanted in you, remember, you lost something and you gain something, and now you are a thief, and you will grow as a thief, become interested in the things that thieves are interested in, you will begin to think like a thief, and every action that you take, every new thing that you steal, will just help you to, to grow into a bigger and a better, quote-unquote, better thief. So this new life grows. So this new life has a pattern, it has, it has a growth, and it has a karma, and it has a destiny. Do you understand? So that's why we don't want to step over the line. But now you understand what happens, how we change. The, the people around us, when we were children, they were infected with that. It had happened to them. And the example of the thief is just one example of a million, million different things that are stepping over the line. See, there's an invisible line between right and wrong. But when you step over that line, 
then you acquire something of that life and you become subject to the side to which you stepped over. So now once that has happened, you don't know how to get back. And another thing, in order to continue in this life of a thief, which is growing in you, you have to doubt that you're wrong. You have to doubt that there's something wrong with being a thief and that the things that you are now becoming interested in, that there's not something wrong with that. And you have to doubt the other way that you once knew in order to survive as a thief and in order to feel like everything is okay and not to suffer the agony of seeing yourself being changed into something you don't want to be. So you have to doubt the truth. So having reached over the line and having taken on this new life, now it grows in you and you are there and you doubt that you're wrong. And then you begin to defend this new life. Now do you understand? So now do you see what stress does? Stress changes us, and it traumatizes us because it plants something inside of us, so you have to get back. And the way to get back is to once again believe into what you know in your heart. Believe into that which you once knew when you were a little child. You knew it was true. You knew there was good, and you knew that we mustn't do wrong things, and you knew that, but you doubted it. Now you have to see the folly of doubt. And now begin when you when you begin to once again seek for the truth, and in the inner light you see something wrong with what you're doing as a thief. Now see it, and don't try to defend it. Just see it, and realize that the truth doesn't lie. The truth does not lie when it says that you're wrong. When it's that, when it tells you there's something wrong with being a thief, it's not lying to you. Believe in the truth and trust in the truth, what you know in your heart. And then you can once again, through the mystery of, of God's grace and the mystery of the cross, you can come back to become what you were. To be innocent again and have your own identity and then grow as a child of God. So coming back to God is a process of believing into what is you know in your heart, what you wordlessly know in your heart again, and not doubting it, and breathing a sigh of relief, and then looking at all the things that have been acquired since you became a thief. Look at the life of the thief, and the resentments of the thief, and the greeds and the compulsions of the thief. Begin to see them for what they are, and see the tempter for what he is there across the line, operating through other people, tempting you to be ambitious, to be selfish, to be greedy, see, tempting you to doubt what is true. Just see the game, see what he's up to, and don't follow, that's all. See that he's a liar. He was a liar from the beginning. And don't doubt what you know in your heart anymore, and you will be safe. Perhaps you know someone in your own life who's tempting you to be ambitious or greedy. If you would like advice on your relationship or following the plan God has for you, call the listener call-in line at 510-455-8851. That's 510 
Welcome back. My name is Roland. The program is called Shedding Shackles. I'm in my 33rd year on the air. I've been on the air all over the country. And I said earlier that I am the longest-running major market Christian stress management radio program in the country. And that's true. I understand every aspect of stress. You see, stress has a physiological basis, an emotional basis, a mental component, and most importantly, a spiritual component. And all of those play a part of what we call stress. But what is stress for humans? And I said earlier that there are unnatural stresses. That's the problem. So your problem is that you reacted to unnatural stresses. When people teased you, when they were cruel, when... They pressured you, and when they didn't have the kind of love that you needed. See, we all need a special kind of love. A love that nurtures the good in us. The good that we could be, and that we know we could be and we want to be. But it seems like the kind of love that people have for us nurtures the wrong in us. And because of their love, we become wronger and wronger. We become more spoiled, more angry, more resentful, more empty. And then we blame them and we hate them. And the more we hate them, the more we feel guilty for hating them. And then we try to be nice to them and then they take advantage of us again. And then we hate them even more and so on. So stress has many different components. But let me mention a few things here to get you started. I want you to see that I know what I'm talking about. And I want you to see that and then begin listening to this program and benefiting from the clues that I have. I have some clues for you that might help you to overcome all of your stress issues and improve your relationships and find joy and purpose in life again. So here are some, let me call them clues. Number one, resentment. Whatever resentment is, it's like a little switch. One moment, you're rather stable, calm, and nice, reasonable, rational. And then something makes you resentful, or better, most likely somebody makes you resentful. And then what happens? You fall apart. You seem to forget all the good you ever knew, and instantly you're an angry animal, and hungry, and thirsty. Then you eat too much and drink too much, and you say things that you shouldn't say, and then you feel guilty. See? Resentment. If you want to conquer stress, you must learn how to conquer resentment, and you can do it. You have some control. You may not have control over your body reactions after you've become resentful and upset but you have control over resentment. Viktor Frankl, the famous Holocaust survivor, talked about a space. He said between stimulus and response, there is a space. And in that space is your power to choose. It's brilliant because it's absolutely true. 
Then the other thing you have to look at is, um, remember I talked about unnatural stresses. Well, when you were a little child, well, let's, let's put it this way. You inherited something from your parents. They inherited it from their parents all the way back to Adam and Eve. A, a little bit of an egotistical nature. You want to be right and not wrong, and you want to be worshipped and admired. And you resent people that don't see you in a good light. And when you were a little child, undoubtedly, you didn't receive the corrective love that you needed. You needed someone to to be patient with you and to explain things to you in such a way that you could see them. And you needed someone to validate on the outside what you knew in your heart on the inside. But what you got from people on the outside was mostly challenge and tease and a false love, a phony love. And so you began to resent them for failing you. And then the other thing you did as a child, and this is another clue, you overreacted. You overreacted to something that somebody said or to cruelty, what they said repeatedly. Let's say when you were a little child, somebody said, well, you're stupid. And they kept saying that to you over and over again. And they, and they kept on implying it with their words and their actions and their gestures and their, you felt, and then you began to feel stupid. You felt stupid because you were taking in the suggestion that you were stupid. And before long, you began to believe what they were saying. And then the rest of your life, you struggled to prove that you weren't stupid. And every time something went wrong, you beat yourself up and said, Oh, look at me. I'm stupid. So this whole lifetime of struggle began with some kind of tease when you were a little child that you reacted to. So you have to, you have to understand that you must find out how to control these overreactions and I can help you with that. So let's suppose that you could put all of these pieces together. Let's suppose that you began, you began to see, really, really see that somehow you've been missing the boat and you're resenting other people and blaming them. And because of that, you don't have love for people. And you see that your wife needs love, your husband needs love, your children need love, but you don't, the kind of love you, you've given them hasn't worked. And you're impatient. You don't want to be impatient and you want to have the right kind of love and you want to do the right thing for people and you don't know what the right thing is. You see that. And you see that you hated people. You hated your dad. You resented your mom. You hated your brother because he was smarter than you or your sister. She was prettier than you. Other kids because they were mean. So you hated people. There's a lot of hate, a lot of resentment in you. You see that. You don't want to hate anymore. You don't want to resent anymore. What well, with that kind of an attitude? You begin to see that you just don't want to hate anymore. And you begin to let go of your resentments. Beginning with your poor old dad and your, and your poor old mom. And you just let your hair down. And then you stop trying to prove something to everybody. All your life you've tried to prove something. You took up the challenge, the tease, and you wanted to prove something to somebody. And make them like you, and make them accept you, and make them think well of you, and you've just grown tired of it. You know, I, w I was looking at a book as I'm making this recording. I put a book underneath the microphone so it would be a little bit higher. 
And it's a cookbook. It's written by a lady. There's a couple of pictures of her as she's cooking here on the cover. And she's a very pretty lady. And she has a big smile. But you know what? I guarantee you that she has some emotional issues. She's unhappy about something. Probably there's something about her husband that she resents. He doesn't have the kind of love for her that she needs. And she feels insecure and unloved. And everything that she does is a compensation. She's trying not to, trying to hide the fact that she's unhappy. So there's a love component to stress. We need a special love. And ultimately, that special love comes from the Father. Augustine said it so well. He said, you made us for yourself, O Lord. And our hearts are restless till they find rest in you. And the special love that we need comes from him. And in order to find the love from the Father, the love that satisfies, you have to give up resenting other people. Stop resenting and judging other people, and then you can find the love welling up from within, from the Father, who gives you his love as a reward for not resenting other people. Do you understand that? Then it would be a healing balm for your soul. So I've given you some clues to stress management, what it is, and how it has shaped you, and what you must begin to do to find relief from this stress. You see, were you to come back to your Creator and find Him and stop resenting other people, and if you began to be calmer and more reasonable and so on and less reactive, then you would have more time and energy to discover of God and His greatness and His goodness. And you would also begin to live life properly and a lot of your problems would just go away. And it would be a wonderful adventure. And then, what I was going to say is that then stress is on the outside. What used to be a stress that made you fall apart would now become a stress that makes you only stronger. Well, when you begin to master your emotions and you come over to the bright side, then every stress will only make you stronger. I want you to go to my website and get the meditation. Give it a try. It's free. It's free. And my website is SheddingShackles.com, SheddingShackles.net, or SheddingShackles.us. Until next time, Lord willing, and the Greek don't rise. I'll see you then. Bye-bye. You have been listening to Shedding Shackles with your host, Roland Trujillo. Now you can listen to Roland anytime by logging on to www.sheddingshackles.com. You'll find lots of free, helpful information, and you can also order materials or make a donation by using your credit card. Once again, the web address is SheddingShackles.com. Please remember that Shedding Shackles is listener-supported. Thank you. 
Shedding Shackles is sponsored by Roland Trujillo.